0: realtors byron king south carolina association realtors general counsel you can reach me at byron at screaltors.org or 803-712-3478 it's football season got my gamecock tie on austin say hello hello everyone hi Uh, the hotline you can reach any of the attorneys is again 803-712-3478 breaking news today's uh we're taping on august 28th and the federal government on your fema is communicating with florida south Carolina, and georgia about tropical storm idalia which may be a hurricane by wednesday coming through uh, the storm segue september is safety month so we're going to talk about uh, safety issues harassment issues this is a good reminder to review with your office your harassment and your safety policies um fyi for the uh, National Association of Realtors of the Harassment Issues that were in the New York Times ish, uh, New York Times uh, this weekend. You can tune in to Nick's update. Uh, he was taped today on 828. That's his weekly update on social media. Tara just gave her uh, annual policy training on harassment to SCR staff. Tara, um, can you talk about our harassment policy, kind of how you file, what uh, harassment is, that sort of thing?
1: Yes, thank you. That was a great point. Ser staff just conducted all of our harassment training, which we do annually at the office. And we encourage other local boards as well as different brokerages to include some type of annual training into your uh, materials, even if it's at your sales meeting. And if you'd like me to attend or virtually or if you're... um, you know in the area to attend a harassment training for your membership please just contact the legal hotline and i'll be happy to talk to you about that or if you need an outline or any materials on what you should be uh, training on with harassment training but i just wanted to go into the scr bylaws on harassment so any member of the association can be reprimanded placed on suspension Uh, suspended or expelled for harassment. And that harassment includes anything against our SCR employees as well as other members, uh, multiple listing service employees or just any uh, association officer or director, pretty much anyone that is a realtor member or working for the company is protected by these harassment laws. And harassment refers to verbal or physical conduct, including threatening or obscene language, unwelcome sexual advances, stalking, actions like strike shoves or any type of physical contact or any threats to do any type of physical contact um, or any other conduct that just unreasonably interferes with the person's work or their ability to you know, have a peaceful, non-intimidating environment. So it definitely isn't just one thing or the other. It includes a comprehensive, different uh, things that could be considered harassment. And it is much like the ethics complaint uh, process, where you go online, you fill out a complaint form, and then from there, um, the association has the ability to select the panel that comes together and determines if it was a violation of the policy that I just read, and then uh, give the proper punishments or sanctions, which are the same type of punishments as our code of ethics process, things like um, requiring them to attend classes, fines, uh, things that we're familiar with with our process. So that's kind of how how everything goes with reporting, but if you had any questions about that, then you would just contact the legal hotline, and we can walk you through the harassment complaint policy or our ethics complaint system.
0: Yeah, and there's a zero tolerance. Everybody deserves respect, and the basis for our profession is the golden rule. Treat other people as you want to be treated yourself. And you can file the harassment uh, link. It's in our weekly uh, e-newsletter, so it's easy to file. Like Tara said, it can be a suspension, injection, education, or up to $15,000 fine. Uh, that's a kind of important to learn about because we're getting ready to have our region four re- uh, conference in savannah october 16th through 19th make sure you register and attend it's a big city so there's crime issues look out for each other it's a good opportunity it's a professional event, so behave professionally it's a good opportunity to build up some referral networks with north carolina tennessee and kentucky and south carolina so we always do our top 10 and Tier and austin you all chime in as we go through Uh, these topics because you guys banned the hotline at 803-712-3478 so the top 10 hotlines for july thank you alan lightly for compiling this uh you get a bonus one this month uh, number 11 is earnest money austin what are some things you say about earnest money when you get calls on the hotline
2: that regardless of the circumstances neither party is automatically entitled to it it doesn't matter how uh right you think your client was how wrong you think the other side was there is no automatic right to it regardless of the circumstances Mutual agreement of parties using a release form 518 or a court order is the only way that money can be dispersed.
0: Super. Um, and then there was a tight number 10, compensation. Make sure you watch Lisa Alexander's video on Article 17, which is arbitration, and Article 3, which is cooperation, how you get paid as a realtor with the MLS or the buyer agency agreement or the listing agreement or Form 120 compensation agreement or Form 600 referral agreement. Property management was tied at number 10 with compensation. That's kind of the classic security deposit where if it's not handled correctly, you can be sued for three times the disputed amount, plus the attorney's uh, fees for the tenant. So make sure you handle security deposits correctly, deducting only for crude rent and damages. Another tie at number 10 with compensation and property management was disclosure. Dara, you were talking to me this morning about a, a case that happened with a HVAC issue. Can you kind of give us a brief on disclosure of that case law for us? Yes.
1: Yeah, so there was a case that went to the appellate court in South Carolina against a, a home buyer who bought a home using a real estate agent, uh, and the home buyer um, got an inspection report from a uh, about the air condition unit, and the real the real estate agent then turned. Emailed that report to the home buyer and basically said e- everything looks okay from the report and sent the full report for the seller, I mean, for the buyer, excuse me, to be able to look at their sales. Something ended up going wrong after the buyer purchased the property and the system was inoperable. And now that client is suing their agent and the agent's company based on. Uh, the air condition going out and saying that the real estate agent actually affirmed that it was in good condition. But, however, the court uh, was on the side of the real estate agent and the real estate company and basically said that the real estate agent made no claims outside of you know just giving the report which is what you all should be doing you don't want to go outside of the scope of your real estate license if it's a legal issue you want to have the attorney be able to talk to the client and not be making any uh, basis or claims legally as well as if it's something with the roof or something that requires an inspector or a different type of uh, person other than ourselves in the real estate business you want to just Turn over those reports, but not make the assertions and claims that you know, because it could have, it could you know potentially go a different way if the agent would have not handled theirself in the appropriate uh, way as they did.
0: Daryl like one of the issues that came up was the indemnification language in the form and uh, the liability limitation. Austin. You're going to be talking about forms a little bit but with the forms committee what are some of the things we have in our forms uh as far as indemnification liability limitation uh, that could help with this was not a realtor this was not realtor forms it appears yeah. but in our forms we have some language like that don't we
2: yeah so we have broker liability limitations in all of our agency agreements as well as our uh, contract uh, that essentially states that the broker is only liable up to their full commission unless it's an intentional or willful act at which point it's uh, the entire amount uh, also saying that if a broker is in, or incorrectly named to a lawsuit or so really their issue is with a, with a home inspector, with a, a repair person, they name the broker uh, that the client will pay the agents uh, or the brokerage's attorney's fees. Um, so that is a question we get on the hotline a bunch uh, from agents once their clients read that uh, those those verbiage. So just make sure that you're aware of that. Explain it to them that, hey, this is not a complete liability waiver for me. It's still covers you if I do something wrong, intentional or willful, but it's really to encourage mediation and keep uh, keep me out of lawsuits I don't belong in.
1: Yes, and that was one of the key points of the case. The court found that that indemnification language in that particular contract was valid and did protect the agent from being able to be sued or their company based on a mistake made by the inspection company. So that's something written in the contracts, which it may sound like a lot of just legal language, but it is a protection for our members and written with your best interest.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I think overall that case was good news for realtors. It didn't involve a realtor. But it's a good reminder, like you mentioned HVAC, Austin mentioned the roof, any big ticket items, foundation, anything that's expensive to fix, expect trial lawyers to get involved and realtors might be sued. So contact us. We've got the legal action fund. You may have your errors and omission insurance. And as Austin and Tara talked about, we've got language on our forms for indemnification and uh, liability of limitation. And uh, number nine, top ten hotlines, uh, MLS issues. Uh, don't share your lockbox access codes, clear cooperation policy. There's been talk about the, these class action lawsuits around the country about Northwest MLS, Bright MLS, are allowing a zero compensation. Number eight is agency. Number seven is advertising. That's always use your company name. And please register your alternative first name. That's kind of your nickname. It's easy to register at LR. Austin, when you get advertising questions on the hotline in July, what were some issues you, you were uh, asked on the hotline about advertising? Uh,
2: a lot of it was you know, how questions of how to be clear on advertising, uh, the uh, provision that allows you to an offer of a, of a gift or a, a premium. You, know, you want to incentivize people to list with you before uh, Labor Day, and you say, if you list with me by Labor Day and you get your house under contract, I will give so much of my commission back as a rebate. Um, That is permissible as long as you lay out all the terms and conditions and every single person who meets those uh, is given the promotion. Uh, Obviously, uh, make sure that I would have one of your terms and conditions be that it's subject to closing attorney and lender approval. That way, if one of those bodies does not approve it, uh, you're not left holding on the bag.
0: Yeah, we've we'll got uh, calls about manning other, other brokerages open houses. If you're going to do that, it's legally complex. You'd have to get lawyers and subagency agreements. So the bright line rule is just steer clear of it or call the hotline if you have questions on that. Number six was professionalism. That covers everything, ethics, arbitration, mediation. NER Mediator School in Chicago is September 6th through the 8th. Number five, uh, license law. Austin, the LLR updates uh, on the horizon for us?
2: Yeah, I mean basically, basically, when we're getting calls on on license law, it's various provisions about it. Some of it's the advertising stuff, uh, talking about team names, uh, some of the earnest money language, language that's in statute, uh, just a number of things. You know, there's uh, one part of license law if you haven't looked at recently, I would encourage you to look at is section seven ten. That's sort of the shall nots that list out all the things that can get your license taken away. So just make sure that you're familiar with those and, and aren't violating any of those at any time.
0: Super. Number four is due diligence. Tara, what are some due diligence calls you've been getting on the hotline?
1: Yeah, so you want to give yourself with the due diligence period. uh, It is a firm deadline on 6 p.m. on the day that yourself as the buyer and the seller agree to. But you want to make sure you're given enough time to do the things that you need to do during due diligence, whether that's getting inspections or any type of... um, you know, or getting the inspection request to the seller to see what is going to be fixed or what is not going to be fixed. You just want to give yourself enough time to kind of determine whether you're going to terminate based on due diligence reasons and pay that termination fee or whether you're going to go forward with purchasing the property. Uh, If you were to maybe run out of time, say your inspector can't get there till Monday and... Uh, the due diligence ends on Friday, then what you could do is consider having an extension on that, which of course both parties would have to agree to any type of extensions. Uh, but you want to make sure that you're able to do what you need to do during due diligence and that you're properly terminating which, Austin, could you tell us how to properly terminate under due diligence?
2: So it requires two things. Both have to be done by 6 p.m. They don't have to be done together, but they both have to be done by the 6 p.m. deadline. That is first, given the notice of termination. Signed by the buyer, delivered to the seller or their listing agent, does not have to be signed by the seller or the listing agent, so that's Form 313, and the termination fee if one uh, was agreed upon. That also has to be delivered to the seller or the listing agent by 6 p.m. Failure to do both uh, will result in an as-is contract in regards to repairs.
1: So what if I live, I'm the buyer and I live out of town, but I want to terminate. I've already delivered the notice of termination, but I've mailed a check and it won't be there prior to that due diligence period. Have I properly terminated?
2: Now you're gonna have a legal case over the mailbox rule. So if you're going to mail it, I always say that it needs to be overnight. uh, FedEx UPS, three to four days prior to the end of due diligence, do not put it in standard US mail. And as soon as you put it in the FedEx UPS, Give the listing agent the tracking number, say this should be here in a day or two. If it's not here in 48 hours, please let us know, and that way we can pivot to another uh, alternative option to get that give you that money by the deadline.
0: Yeah, what I, I tell buyer agents when they have an out-of-town uh, buyer on the front end, talk to the listing agent, get the ePay lined up if you need to wire it or, or Venmo it or something like that, have that as a backup system that Austin just mentioned. Top 10 hotlines number three is kind of our catch-all other category. So, Austero, I'm talking, y'all kind of rack your brains about some other categories that may have come up. Things that I thought of were scams, like the fake seller scam. You can use Forewarn, your Forewarn app, uh, to detect fake sellers. Wire fraud's still going on out there. Use the wire fraud uh, disclosure form. I had one where somebody died in the property. I guess that's applicable as Halloween's approaching. But, Tierra, what are some other categories you might have gotten in July that... That you can think of. I'm putting you on the spot but anything that comes to mind?
1: Yes, I would say um, commission disputes, especially when a person is planning to leave a brokerage and they, you know, already have a listing that's about to close or something like that. Uh, oftentimes you wanna make sure you're reading your policies that you're signing about how commission should be split. So shout if you were to leave that you already know, you know, the terms of, of those commission splits and Also, if it is a disagreement between yourself as an agent against your broker, that can't really be dealt with through our arbitration system. Now, if it's a commission dispute from brokerage to brokerage, then we have a whole system uh, by which we can uh, initiate a proceeding with that. But if it's an internal conflict, then that's something that will have to be resolved, you know, through office policies or by you getting your own attorney. Um, So that's just something that's been coming up recently is commission disputes within a brokerage.
0: Yeah, definitely. So like I said, Lisa Alexander's video on how, you, how realtors get paid, watch that. One thing I say sometimes, if the, there's a big closing tomorrow, maybe you go ahead and close, then you leave. Because as soon as you announce leaving, it's human nature. Sometimes things can uh, people can get upset and they can try to lock you out of your payment. And then like Tara said, you're talking about trial lawyers a lot of cases. Austin, awesome. what are some other categories that you had in July that come to mind?
2: Uh, probably the biggest one is about how to disclose stuff in the MLS. Uh, discrepancies of how many bedrooms is a property, do we count the garage and the square footage, that sort of thing. Uh, generally, the guidance on anything like that is if you can't decide between the two numbers, go with the lower and then fully explain that you know additional bedroom or what's being used as bedroom. Or if the client insists on having it be the higher number, have them hire an appraiser and, uh, based on the appraisal report.
0: Yeah, good deal. Um, So as you can see, call the hotline. We have an FAQ page, but a lot of times we get these other categories, so call us at 803-712-3478. Number two on our top 10 hotlines was forums. Uh, We've got, for those folks that love short videos, uh, kudos to Austin. Wish is granted. He's got uh, about five videos that are under two minutes. Lisa's is under 10 minutes. Austin, kind of give a What's going on with forms? Uh, Give us kind of the news on forms, your webinar, and what forms are coming online and when they're coming online.
2: Yeah, so we have essentially 10 forms changes that are coming on September 12th. We're gonna have a webinar that goes over them on August 31st at noon. Uh, If you cannot get into the Zoom, that is also being uh, live streamed on our YouTube channel and will be recorded there so you can watch it at a later date. Uh, So most of the changes are fairly minor. Uh, We're we're adding one sentence essentially to the listing agreement. Uh, we're making some slight changes to the conditional releases from listing and buyer agency um, based on some recent real estate commission cases. Uh, nothing substantively really changes there. Mostly that is going to be signed by the broker in charge now instead of the agent. 10 uh, and three 303 ten-year sales contracts. Uh, some of the changes are being made there on transaction cost. Uh, to talk more about special assessments as well as some uh, slight tweaks on the insurance language uh, given some of the costs we're getting from the coast. 313, the notice of termination form, we're actually adding a number of check boxes to explain why a party is terminating to try to give a little bit more clarity there. Uh, 535, the vacation rental act form, mainly doing some polishing. That form was launched uh, brand new in March. Uh, After it was launched, we got a number of calls from uh, practitioners that said, hey, why don't you do it this way or that way? Uh, The forms committee took those all under consideration, has made the following changes. Uh, And then we have three new forms. The first is a broker fee waiver. This is the form that is required by license law. If you have an associate licensee who wants to buy a brokerage listing, that the seller has the right to waive the brokerage's commission. So there's now going to be a form for that. As well as we have also got two backup clause forms. Backup clause is currently in our Form 391. Our clauses are Amendment 2. It, get used, it gets used a bunch. So the forms committee has taken that out of that form and is now having it as a standalone. And then there's going to be a companion form that goes along with that. Uh, as Byron mentioned, there are short videos on each one of these changes on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can watch them individually or you can watch it as a full uh, playlist and hope you join our webinar on the 31st.
0: Number one, state law. That's our bread and butter. That's what we went to law school for, so call us on state law questions. And we always play Is It Legal? So we got a couple short ones here. So, Tara, you're up first in Is It Legal? game. Uh, harassment, is it just if somebody touches somebody, unwanted touch, is, uh, is harassment just touch?
1: Definitely not. Harassment includes all different type of things, including touch, but also, you know, uh, harassing messages on social media could be something that comes to mind, and it doesn't have to be just something face-to-face, especially in our ever-changing landscape of technology and different ways you can communicate with people. It's different ways now that you can harass people, unfortunately. So these are all included in our harassment policies and are not allowed, not just touch. And of course, if you were to see something or even as we go to these different events and conferences, if you see someone looking uncomfortable, it's always better to, you know, interfere and help out and protect people and prevent harassment from happening. Of course, we have policies in place, but... Uh, it would be better if we all stood up and kind of stopped these things from happening when we can, of course. And we uh, will be at the meetings, and if you were to feel uncomfortable saying something but you saw something, you can always come to our legal staff or our CEO with any type of complaints or or anything like that. So we encourage uh, people to step up and, you know, kind of take on uh, protecting people in the industry.
0: Super, That's was correct answer. And then Austin, uh, your is it legal question? A little tricky, so uh, bear with me. So I'm a realtor, and I like to use uh, early or late occupancy for the buyer. Mo- you know, moves in pre-closing 370, or the seller says post-closing 375. We also have a lease 410. Can I just use any of those three forms interchangeably? Or are they different?
2: No, they are they are substantially different. In fact, if you look at forms 370 form 375 it is very clear that it is not created landlord tenant agreement Uh, so whereas a lease uh, that is the objective is to create a landlord tenant agreement the goal of form 370 375 is a very short stay Uh, the recommendation at the top of the form is that if it's for more than a week you should talk to an attorney Uh, one of the most important things that people aren't aware of with those forms is whoever is in possession of the home regardless of ownership is responsible if something was to happen to the home so you decide your buyer decides to move into the home four days prior to closing. Once they've crossed that threshold, the seller's responsibility to fix the house is done. So if that night the AC goes out, the buyer is going to be actually responsible for pr- fixing that AC. Even though the seller's name is still in the deed, the seller doesn't close for four more days, the buyer is responsible because they crossed the threshold. Whereas in a landlord tenant arrangement, it'd still be the responsibility of the landlord. So uh, use the appropriate form when necessary. Consult with legal counsel. Um, but make sure that you're aware that it does not create a landlord-tenant agreement so there's not as res- many responsibilities on the owner. It also makes it harder to get the person who's living in the home out because you don't have the typical ejectment processes that you would through landlord-tenant.
0: Super. And then the last one i asked myself, school starting back, so school buses, uh, do you stop? You don't want to hit a child, so make sure you're stopping for school buses. Make sure you review those laws uh, about school buses. Um, and then we talked about, going back to safety, we talked about Hurricane Idelia coming. Make sure you're uh, getting your storm prep uh, handled. The Realtor Relief Foundation has helped with hurricanes in the past. They just donated to the wildfires in Maui, Hawaii, so our thoughts and prayers are all with those folks. Um, and then with safety, if you have an issue, make sure you're calling law enforcement, calling the hotline. Uh, law enforcement says your, your mobile phone is your most important device because once you something happens, you dial 911, and you're trying to escape and evade whoever is attacking during the showing, buying time for the police to arrive. Uh, we've got the Forewarn app that we talked about, where you can do a kind of an insta check as part of your safety protocols, your safety programs. You want to deter, so you can ask uh, potential buyers to show up at your brokerage office, introduce them around, because that's going to give deterrence. People that are bad actors are not going to want to come have records made of their IDs, their vehicle, and their license plates. So you can have some deterrence. Advertising, use uh, good judgment with your advertising and when you're showing properties by taking a colleague or even refusing to work with some folks. We talked about the fake sellers. We talked about wire fraud and phishing attempts is when they're trying to be careful with emails. Don't click any links uh, from unknown emails. Open houses, uh, be careful. Get the neighbors on your side uh, to watch out for you. Um, NAR and social media are good for sending alerts. So, Dara, if you get something on the uh, hotline where somebody calls up and says, "Hey, somebody was acting inappropriately. They were emailing me, or texting me, or calling me inappropriately." What are some things you tell a realtor? And it could be a male or female realtor, right? So, I just means- right.
1: Yes, um, I would definitely tell them to keep a record of these things because if it's something that was done in email and it were to go to any type of trial or even through our process of um, harassment complaint system then it would be useful for the trier of fact to have the evidence of that so i would definitely say um, you know keep a paper trail of everything and also report them if it arises to the level of what's not tolerated Uh, let their broker know or do If sometimes if it's not quite to the level of harassment, but it's still making you feel uncomfortable and that person has a broker, then you can go to there uh, and have them be reprimanded that way internally. Um, If it's to the level of um, something very serious or that interferes with your safety, then we would definitely recommend getting law enforcement involved. Uh, That was actually, um, we get calls about different things like that sometimes. And of course, the legal system handles things one way, but if it's your safety, you want to get higher um, authorities involved, such as the police. So that is some of the advice. And always just give us a call if you're ever uncomfortable with something and you don't know if it's quite against ethics or harassment and you just want to talk it out with us, one of the attorney team. Of course, our communications on the hotline is confidential, so you have that level of confidentiality to be able to freely express yourself about anything that's going on. Super.
0: And then Austin, awesome. you've been traveling the state uh, with your ethics roadshow and your forms roadshow. Do you hear safety issues come up? Do they ask you questions? What are some advice you give to realtors about safety when you're on these, uh, talking to realtors that are practicing in the field?
2: Uh, whatever, I mean, biggest one I give is, you know, if you have safety uh, resources or uh, protocols that you use, such as Byron mentioned, having everybody come to your office or are taking driver's licenses to make sure that whatever you're doing, you need to make sure you do it for everybody. You shouldn't do it in a targeted fashion. Um, so it's, it's a great idea for your safety to say, hey, I'm, everyone needs to meet me in my office. That way we can get their driver's license. But if you're going to do that, you need to do it for everyone. If you're going to use forewarn, uh, which is a member benefit, you need to use it across the board uh, because you don't want to feel like you're targeting anybody or uh, trying to do something for your safety, but now you're liable for uh, you know, discrimination. So make sure if you're doing it, your pol- any policies that you have need to be facially neutral and uniformly enforced.
0: Yeah, good deal, because that ties into Article 10, fair housing, always do it uniformly. And Tara and Austin, myself, we can do uh, safety training via Zoom for your sales meetings at any time. We can come to your office and do those, so please keep that in mind. Or even have a police officer. Those sometimes, those are the best folks to come and give some safety training. Uh, local law enforcement, they're more than happy to, to come to your brokerage or your local association and give some training. So forewarn, we talked about that safety app, part of your overall safety program. Uh, we've got a forewarned training on September 15th. Sign up online for that. Um, and, again, going back, kind of safety, harassment, going back to Savannah, it's a professional event. Four states, referral opportunities, but also uh, be careful with alcohol, be careful with your interactions, store your valuables, uh, when you're out in town, take your conference name badge off. Don't make yourself a target for pickpockets. Look out for each other. Stay in groups. Tierra was talking about intervening uh, on, and looking out for each other. Uh, report to staff, security, or law enforcement. Um, Austin, you've been traveling a lot to a lot of meetings. What are some things that you do when you're on the road uh, at an out-of-town meeting for your, your personal safety? I mean, mostly just be aware of your
2: surroundings, you know, um, try, to travel, try to travel in groups and, and you yeah. know, just be responsible, mostly.
0: Sounds good. And uh, get rest and know your limits. Get some sleep. Make sure you're eating. Keep fueled up. Um, watch out for pickpockets. Uh, know your credit card cancellation procedures. If you feel sick, stay home. Uh, if you get sick at the event, you know, get some medical treat- treatment. Tara, we were talking about Savannah, about these boat taxis and all. What are some safety issues maybe with the water taxis between the conference center and across the river to downtown Savannah where the restaurants and bars are?
1: Yes, if you're going to be taking any type of water taxi, of course, as women, sometimes we wear our high high heels And things like that you want to make sure that you're able to get around safely and not miss a step or anything or wear shoes that sometimes at these conferences we have to do a lot of walking so if you are going to wear your high heels maybe have a backup pair of shoes in your bag we gave out um, our president last year Cindy uh, gave out shoe bags to all the attendees of the women's conference to be able to have your high heels and your your backup shoes so if you have one of those I would suggest to bring it to be able to uh, change and just um, always, as far as safety and and things that could go on, remember that there's going to be cameras and recordings and don't, you know, be on camera doing anything or saying anything that you wouldn't want other people to see because, as we know, all these things get circulated online, um, people go viral, things like that. So just always be knowing that this is a professional conference and we're going to have some fun, but we want you guys to be safe.
0: Yeah, good point. women's conference coming up in March of 2024, so keep your lookout for that. Always know your fire exits even when you're in the meeting rooms and your hotel rooms. Uh, Austin talked about the change of the form September 12th and his form webinar on August 31st. He talked about his videos that are posted, also the uh, the webinar that's coming up. if you missed those that are on our YouTube channel. Tira talked about the uh, HVAC case. It was good summary judgment for the real estate agent. Uh, Tune in September 21st. We've got South Carolina Department of Insurance Director Michael Wise. It ties into our storms, Idealia, flood insurance. We've got flood insurance videos on our YouTube channel. Make sure you review those and look at our flood uh, and insurance disclosure. Make sure you're using those in your transactions. Thanks to Mike Crest on controls. Um, Mike wanted to remind you that if you don't want to watch our videos, we also are a podcast, so you can get your podcast from iTunes or your other platforms. Listen to us on your drive down to Savannah for the conference in October. Uh, and Austin, any closing comments? Any thoughts?
2: Thank you for your time today.
1: Yeah, happy Monday.
0: All right, thanks. Uh, keep it safe, legal, and profitable. Thanks. See you next time.